Good morning and welcome to the Morning Stand-Up. I'm Stacy Kay and I just want to let you know that it is cold outside. It's really cold. I'm under a pile of blankets with my cats, not going outside and watching European ice skating. Just seems there's no football on and it seems like a good time to watch it. How do these people not get dizzy? That's crazy. I feel like their inner ears are probably, should probably be studied by scientists. Maybe it's a genetic thing to not get dizzy when they spin around like that. Who knows? Wow, these two people just kissed on the ice. How is that legal? I feel like, I feel like that's, you shouldn't allow that. It could be unsafe. They could transmit STDs that way on the whatever. And, and, and what one point does it stop? Like, full penetration is that is there a rule against that i don't know <laughs> oh my god it's too cold out there it's it's negative five i think right now i uh i was watching the chiefs game last night and they were playing in like negative four or whatever degree temperature it was so cold well andy reed's mustache froze that was pretty funny he was like a he was like a walrus with a frozen mustache uh, and, and Patrick Mahomes on a run, he got hit in the helmet and the, he wasn't even that hard of a hit, but the helmet cracked and like flew and he had to like change helmets and all that kind of stuff. That's how cold it is here. I was talking about going to the game with some people cause it's here in Kansas city, but like, holy shit. No, not that game too cold. We weather proofed our house this year and I think we'd be dying if we hadn't done that because otherwise it's like the, the Yukon around here. My cats haven't played in the snow at all. They haven't even been wanting to go outside lately because they're cowards. I was thinking about just throwing them in the snow. I think that would be pretty funny. However, I talked to all the cats and only Floof Cat was mildly interested in the idea. The other cats were very upset. They, they were very not into it. So I decided to get rid of the whole project of throwing cats outside. That wasn't going to work out. And I can tell you what right now. There's no way I can be anywhere other than inside. I'm not... <laughs> Everybody want to be outside, but I am inside. Inside everybody want to be outside but i am indoor indoor listen to me i'm gonna tell you that when you have a roof on your head over your head you're always gonna find that the rain is gonna avoid your head your head but rain on the roof is good but rain on your head can be bad can be bad can be bad Get your umbrella, but that is not as good as a roof because a roof will make you inside, inside. That's a that's a song written by my good friend Brian Jordan Alvarez uh, under the character T.J. Mack, very famous pop star. I think about it all the time. It is January, otherwise known as job hunting season, and that's what I'm doing. I'm applying to a billion jobs, looking for better options. It, 
it's usually job hunting season because that's when like you know corporations they've passed the holiday thing so they aren't going to be higher in December typically because people don't want to be in the office a lot because it's the holidays or to get PTO all that kind of stuff and everything's gearing back up so I've been doing a lot of that and I was so busy that I forgot to ask people for letters for the podcast so we're doing no letters today it's just me entertaining you on my own so if it's a little bit of a shorter podcast or more of a boring podcast um don't get mad at me okay i'm trying to find a job it's a lot of work okay ice skating is cool but the scoring doesn't make any sense to me i've been watching it now for like 30 minutes (laughs) which should be enough to understand the sport entirely I feel like if your sport takes more than 30 minutes to understand the school scoring, then you shouldn't exist, which is why <laughs> football shouldn't exist. I get I I've been watching football for uh 20 something years and still uh the rules are up for debate. But this is this is something else cuz it's all just points. You know, they're just spinning around in circles like that and they're really hot and everything. And, like, I would give them all 10 out of 10 because there's no way I could do anything close to whatever they're doing. That's incredible. How do they pull this off? I think I think a big part of it is they have uh, skates that are, like, good and not rental skates from the rink that hurt your feet and hurt your, hurt your ankles and all that kind of stuff. So that's probably, that's probably part of it. But also, they're probably pretty good at ice skating and have been working on this for probably their whole lives which probably explains how they're able to pull this off. But like 63.13 points off of the last uh, ladies thing. Uh, I think she's Italian. Yeah. You ever think about how Italy is the Mexico of Europe? You ever you ever think about that? They, they have a similar flag right off the bat. I'll tell you that. But also like the food is really good. It's like uh, southern it the the country kind of looks like a boot it's a perfect it's a perfect one-to-one thing it's just uh western hemisphere well okay i guess europe is western hemisphere too what how do you describe it there's it's just it's just true mexico is the italy of north america and if that comes off as racist to you, then I'm sorry. I don't understand how it's racist, but uh, you can explain it to me in an email if you want. Speaking of things that I probably shouldn't talk about out of fear of being called racist, tunnel Jews. Y'all see that? Where, where they were, the Hasidic Jews were doing a tunnels under Brooklyn to get into another building. That was cool. That's one of my that's one of my favorite stories i've ever seen in my life it's got everything you want it's got well one it happens um it's it's right next to where i stay when i'm in brooklyn and i see these people a lot and they stand on the street corners and uh they wear their you know black outfits and and guys try to pass you pamphlets and they ask you if you have any jewish descent um and they won't take no for an answer. Like they, they come up to me and be like, do you have Jewish descent? And I'm like, no, I definitely 100% do not. And, and they still are like, are you sure? Wink, wink. And it's like, 
can I just lie right now? Like, if I just lied and said I had Jewish descent, would you, like, recruit me or whatever? Who knows? But, so, this story is great. Okay. I'm going to talk about this, and this is this is an outsider's perspective. Uh, I'm kind of an idiot. I just, from what I know, from talking to people, and from what I read online. Okay. So, this was basically... In around like 1940 something, you know. All right, so the Holocaust had just happened. Uh, it was it was pretty dark for for Jewish people in the world, and it's not like you know after uh, the Nazis went down, it's not like things just instantly improved for Jewish people because uh, you know the Soviets didn't like Jews, the rest of Europe didn't like Jews. Most of them went to America, not because they're like super into America or because America's super accepting but it's just you know new york city was a was a port town that a lot a lot of people in and things like that so that's where a lot of jewish people went and there was this uh, dude who was who, who's basically messianic um like a jesus type figure who decided to put together a uh like a uh, religious I guess cult is the word, whatever. He's trying to like rebuild like Jewish, um, long and the short is he started in this building, a uh, 770 Eastern Parkway. Uh, it was a really small building. The room that he started the thing in was really small. This was a very small movement starting out and then it kind of got bigger and, uh, uh, the Chabad is what it's called. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, is now it's kind of like bigger and stuff. But they lost ownership over the building, I believe, in 1950. It happened a long time ago. Uh, and the ownership has been disputed after after somebody died or whatever. But it was still considered like a holy site that they wanted to uh, go and like worship in. And they haven't been able to get into it. Uh, so they have a building next to that building and uh, they dug a tunnel from that building to the other building so they can get in it and worship and stuff. Uh, I think that that's so cool. If you're if you're willing to dig a tunnel to to go worship somewhere like you, you deserve it, I feel like. But the, uh, the owner of the building that got the tunnel dug into it, the 770 Eastern Parkway, the holy place, right? He decided, I don't know why, but he was like, I'm tired of this tunnel. Let's fix it. And so they were going to fill it with concrete so that they can't do that anymore. And it turned into a whole thing. And uh, uh, there was like a... a Jewish riot in the synagogue with they're like fighting cops and stuff. Uh, look, look up some of these videos. They're, they're really interesting. Um, I don't think anybody actually got hurt, but it was a cool little conflict and, and you get to, you get to see all that kind of stuff. It's got, this is the perfect encapsulation of why I love New York. Okay. Anything is possible. And you just gotta, it's hard not to like and sympathize with everybody in this situation. Like from, from the Hasidic Jews to the cops, they're all, all the characters of the story are, that's cool. I like it. 
I love New York. It's a great place. Uh, and in other news, uh, this week in the news, the Houthis, right? These people in the bottom of the, you know, the Saudi Arabian Peninsula that goes into the Red Sea, uh, which uses the Suez Canal, which is in Egypt. Lots of trade goes through there. The whole world uses it. There's been a war going on uh, in Yemen, which is the bottom part of the Saudi Arabian Peninsula. Um, And it's kind of difficult for uh, Americans to view the the conflict because it's it's a messy conflict and uh like saudi arabia was like funding one part of the the war and and it is all bloody or whatever but the houthis have kind of taken over and they have in solidarity with palestine they're like just bombing trade ships that come near yemen going into the red sea and they're not bombing ships that are even heading to Israel. They're bombing international trade ships. And what you might think about Palestine, like, we can't allow piracy like that. The, the whole world doesn't like that. It's not good for international trade for, for anybody. So they shot some missiles at uh, freighters and then America shot some missiles back and according to the houthis only there was only five casualties they were all houthi soldiers no civilians um but some people are getting mad about that on the internet saying america's starting another war and i gotta disagree that's just not how wars are shooting pirates that's not the same thing as starting a war so hopefully they stop shooting missiles at uh, trade ships and the, they everybody calms down and then we all are just a one big peaceful earth that's what I'm hoping for a, a big thing that America does that a lot of people don't really or that we take for granted I guess because we don't remember living in a time when this wasn't but America Navy protects uh the trade routes for all countries like in the whole world so piracy has like seriously gone down because that was a big problem back in all of history the thing that keeps naval trade from happening is just pirates so they they come in all all over the world but mostly they have boats they show up they hijack ships they take the stuff they loot they shut down you know, nobody, no companies, no countries want to send their boats through places where they can't protect from pirates. And America uh, has been doing that ever since World War II uh, for the whole world. So that's one thing that we do uh, that everyone kind of appreciates the, the rest of the world uh, does. And some of them are trying to build up navies to uh, do some of it themselves. So America doesn't have to be there as much. Um, but I have my doubts on how, uh, well-funded and everything, everybody like, so I, I think that we're going to keep doing that for a while. We'll see. Uh, there's kind of a movement for America to pull back in general, just because we don't like being responsible to stuff as well as countries wanting to be more independent. But 
uh, just a fun fact. I want why we don't see pirates so much anymore. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie uh, Captain Phillips, which is uh, Somali pirates um, hijacked a freighter, took it over. You know that guy who's like, I am the captain now, right? Look at me. I'm the captain now. He said that to uh, Tom Hanks. And uh, in that movie, the the U.S., the feds, you know, came over and tried to, like, negotiate with them, get them out, all that kind of stuff. It was, it was pretty intense. See Captain Phillips if you haven't. I think that movie came out probably about 10 years ago. God, I'm old. It's been a while. But that shows kind of more what modern piracy looks like. And that's not quite what the Houthis are doing because the Houthis don't have boats like that. They've got missiles. So they're just shooting missiles. They're not actually commandeering the ships. Down in the American southern border, we have uh, the Texas National Guard is now stopping federal agents from doing anything on the border because Texas has decided that it wants to control the border and it doesn't want the federal government to get involved, uh, which I would say is definitely bad. We should not be letting states control the American border. That's crazy. And if you think that the American federal officers and stuff are bad when it comes to the border, you should see the Texas National Guard. Um, they really uh, are not, uh, let's just say Texas should not be in charge of migration. That's worse than the federal government. And so they're, they're scuffling with, uh, with federal agents, which to me, that's basically a civil war. Like that's what it looks like. Uh, that's kind of what it looks, not, not necessarily on the border, but um, state state militias, state uh, national guard, stuff like that, uh, started beefing with federal officers and federal uh, military and stuff like that over like who gets con to control what. So that's not a good thing if you don't like civil wars. If you're into civil war, hey, this is your jam. <laughs> Check it out. Uh, but dude, this is... The, the Border Patrol, uh, which are federal, controlled by the president, were apparently trying to rescue migrants who drowned, and the Texas National Guard uh, stopped them, like, was like, no, you can't help them at all. So this is an interesting situation. So you, you got uh, Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, uh, who's defying uh, Biden, right? Um it's just, it's, they're just assholes. It's a territorial dispute. And I'm not a fan of a lot of Biden's uh, border policies and things like that. But I tell you what, I'm a, much less of a fan of uh, Texas's state government. That should not happen. And it'll be interesting to see what Biden does in response because he has the right to draft the whole National Guard into the federal government and directly control them. Uh, I think technically the governor has to sign off on it. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. But this happened once in Arkansas, not when I was alive. It was way back, a uh, crisis at Central High. That's back whenever we were uh, desegregating schools. And uh, the first black students started going to a white school and all the white people 
lost their minds as uh, people in 1960s, white people in the 1960s were wont to do. Every time you hear like old people talk about like, you know, we didn't do stuff like that back. Yes, you did. You were so much worse than us. You, you lost your minds because black people tried to go to school with you. So shut the fuck up, grandma. Anyways, uh, to protect the black students going to school, they, the Eisenhower at the time drafted the Arkansas National Guard and had them physically show up in all of their military gear and stuff like that to escort the students to school to protect them from all of the angry, stupid white people. So that's a time in history that the National Guard was drafted that I know a little bit about. Look it up if you don't know anything about the crisis at Central High um, that I learned about it a lot because uh, I grew up in Arkansas, so they taught us about it. But I think a lot of the country doesn't really know much about that. But uh, yeah, the civil rights era, you know, in the 60s, there was a lot of uh, stuff that went down. Like it, it was like like violent and and military action behind things and, and lots of civil unrest and things like that because that was back back in back before 64 uh, black people didn't have a lot of rights that they now have today and after they passed that um, they a lot of white people really lost their minds and a lot of our politics and political parties today are entirely based off of the result of 19 the civil rights act of 1964 uh, MLK day is coming up it's tomorrow it's today if you're listening on Monday. Um, and I heard that Charlie Kirk is going to be doing this whole thing on why the Civil Rights Act was bad and all that kind of stuff. And I'm telling you, that's what these conservatives are going after when they're going after trans people. It's not just trans people. They're going after the Civil Rights Act and they just view trans people as the weakest link right now. But they want to undo the whole thing. They want to allow segregation again. They want to allow discrimination in hiring, all that kind of stuff. They're targeting it all. And how did we get here? We were talking about uh, Texas state troopers or whatever stopping federal agents. And now I'm just telling you in general about civil rights, which I think I'm pro-civil rights. I think civil rights are good and that we should keep them. What do you think? Send me an email. Let me know how you feel about civil rights. <laughs> and I hope that you're all into it because otherwise you just stop listening to this podcast. It's the beginning of the legislative session in Missouri, which I did a lot of testifying last year against some anti-trans bills. This year, um, they're set to be heard this Wednesday. If you're a Missouri trans person or someone who cares, this Wednesday, January 17th, show up to the courthouse and they have to let you talk. You show up and you give testimony. You get like two minutes to say whatever you want. It'll be recorded. Um, it'll be written down and senators and representatives will be able to use that and use that testimony as a point of argument and... Um, whenever it goes to the floor, as well as whenever it goes, if it gets passed, if it goes to the courts. 
so that can help out. But the main thing, so they filed uh, seven bills, anti-trans bills. Uh, four of them are bathroom bans. Um, one of them is bathroom ban in workplaces, and three of them are general trans bathroom bans. Uh, one of those will very likely pass, I think, um, through the Republican Congress because they suck and they like bad stuff. Um, but we'll see, we'll see what happens whenever that goes to the courts and see if it gets struck down. I think it'll get struck down because it's pretty blatantly illegal and violates the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Um, but who knows? And then there's another one. There's another bill uh, legalizing discriminating against trans people in healthcare. Uh, there's another one forced outing by schools, which means like if a teacher finds out you're trans, the teacher has to like tell your parents and all that kind of stuff. That's pretty nuts. I don't think teachers get paid enough to handle stuff like that. And then one of them um, wants to remove access to healthcare for trans people. Uh, who already have it, which is removing the grandfather clause. Like, they previously passed a healthcare ban on trans people, and they said, like, if you're currently receiving hormones or whatever, you can keep doing it, right, if you're an adult. But they're going to try to remove that. So that's all happening Wednesday, January 17th. And uh, you, sh I can't go to it because my job is making me do stuff so I can't be there this year but pay attention see it um, if you're wondering why people are leaving Missouri uh, there you go they're they're really coming after us the last few years and it's looking like it's gonna be worse so that's some depressing news for trans people who live around Missouri Hey, also on Wednesday. All right, so I've been I've been watching this show Fargo. Okay. You you may have heard of the movie or previous seasons of the show. Every season is its own little story that's completely separate from the rest of the show. Season 5 happens in 2019 in uh like North Dakota, um Minnesota area and it covers I'm just going to, where, the last episode that came out was the second to last episode for the final season, I'm for the fifth season. The The series finale is going to come out this Wednesday. Um, and, dude, it's so good. It's so fucking good. It's, it's the best series, it's the best, like, season of television I think I've ever seen. It's got uh, John Hamm. You know, Don Draper from Mad Men, he plays the, the main villain. He's a, he's a corrupt sheriff in North Dakota, I think it is, or South Dakota. I, I'm not sure. Um, one of the stupid Dakotas. And he's like out in the rural things. And he is super corrupt. He's, uh, he's a fascist. He's a theocratic fascist. And he is funding a paramilitary uh, militia out in the West that, you know, is supposed to be for freedom or whatever. Like, it, it's a pretty direct um, comparison to, like, st stuff that uh, 
ha- is happening recently. Like, I, I know of uh, sheriffs and stuff in, in these Western um, states that are refusing to comply with state um, laws and things like that. Like, state, they will, won't enforce state gun laws. And it's turning into conflicts between the local government, the local PD versus the state PD versus federal um, enforcement. So like the FBI and things like that. And the show, I'm going to try to not spoil too much, but I'm going to spoil a little bit to talk about the show. My, one of my favorite characters in the, in the show who makes the show so much more interesting is this dude named Munch, okay? He he starts out, he's a henchman sent to uh, capture and bring back this girl. And you think he's just going to be a guy that, that like dies in episode one or whatever, but it turns out he's like through the whole show. And to get into it, you learn more about him. He's this, uh, he's a Welsh pagan dude who he talks really weird and he's got a weird sense of justice, but it's like kind of cool or whatever. And every time he's on screen, I'm just like much, 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 much. He's, he's a hitman who's, he's really good at what he does. And like I said, he's got this sense of justice that you wouldn't expect out of a hitman typically. But this and, and then you've got this conflict between uh the like i said the sheriff and the paramilitary group that he's been funding and this other this billionaire lady who's like she's a um she's a conservative but she's like a she's like a rich conservative it's different and they're fighting over this girl and uh that's the conflict of the show and it's really interesting seeing how like that the they're kind of like ideologically aligned as far as uh as far as political parties go but they hate each other in real life and it's conflicts that like i've seen in my real life not like bloody conflicts like whatever but the roy tillman is the main character he's the guy John Hamm plays and he's got this idea about like the bible and how it should um determine law in and his whole ideology is exactly what kind of I grew up with and I knew this guy I knew guys like him growing up in Arkansas and they weren't I mean I don't know if they've murdered anybody with a gun like uh John Hamm does but they would they totally would if if like the circumstances were right and they can justify it through the bible and i've i've heard them like jerk off about the idea of dying in a shootout with the feds like that's what they all want and there's a uh scene in the in the last episode that i saw where so that the fbi there's fbi guys there who are concerned about this dude uh, not enforcing the gun laws and they know he's been funding paramilitary Nazis and so they're doing their thing like inspecting interviewing people and they they get to the the second to last episode and there's a there's a whole FBI squadron there like 
I'm not just talking like a few guys in suits. I mean like dudes in like uh, full body armor, camo, heavy uh, military vehicles, things like that. And they're standing outside the ranch and they're asking the FBI people who had been um, investigating, like, is there any chance this guy can negotiate with us? And the girl is just like, no, not at all. These people fantasize about this, about about dying. It's, it's their wet dream, basically. And it's like 100% accurate. I, I've known these people, uh, and that's why I'm so radicalized um, against these kind of conservatives, because I see them as a serious existential threat to everything that's possibly good about America. And I think that any sort of your, any of your revolutionary ideas, like from leftists or, or liberals or anybody, you have to come up with a plan for what to do about these people, about these Nazis in, in the rural states, because you can't just leave them alone. If you just leave them alone, it, the people under them are not really living in America. They're living in this little theocratic fascist area. You, you have to deal with these groups. And that's what the FBI is for. And the FBI has been used for wrong things a lot in the past, but it's also suppressed these people for a long time. And they had to do a lot of that after, um, like, you know, in the 1920s, the KKK was getting really big and the FBI, you know, would infiltrate, it would get in actual shootouts, it would, it would kill people. And there's been instances, like, look up uh, Waco, Ruby Ridge. Uh, these were, like, homesteader people that were, like, these patriarchal Nazis who had their uh, little places and they said they didn't recognize federal law and all that kind of stuff and then eventually like the FBI just killed them like they, they didn't kill everybody they killed like the the ringleaders and some of them they killed a lot of people but uh it that was seen as a like that radicalized some other Nazis and I don't know if you um know about the federal bombing in Oklahoma the federal building bombing I think that was in 95 uh, Timothy McVeigh, right? He drove a truck full of uh, fertilizer that he turned into a bomb. He parked it um, outside the federal building and it blew up the federal building in a daycare. There was like 20-something kids killed from the explosion and like, I think it was like 100 people, uh, 100 adults killed too. But he did it and and he cited explicitly like it was like neo-nazi shit it was in defense of waco it, he was angry at the federal government for killing his nazi friends that he looked up to and you see all of this stuff happening when you hear about nazis they're in america they're mad about this stuff they're mad about waco they're mad about ruby ridge and they see the federal bombing and the federal building bombing as like a call to action. Anyways, this is all some very real stuff. I don't know. If, I think it was 20, 2014 when the there was a standoff at a ranch. And I don't think anyone died. It wasn't much of a 
bloody thing. It should have been. I, I think the FBI should have been pulling the trigger more, but they, uh, they're very scared of doing that because like policies got implemented and stuff after Waco to protect these Nazi people because, you know, there's conservatives in our, uh, politicians who want to defend these guys. They low key are cheering for these homesteaders who defy federal governments. Uh, what, what, what was it? What was it called? Let me look it up real quick. Okay, it was uh, called the Bundy Standoff is what it was. It was in Nevada. And they were basically taking over federal land. Like, so uh, the Bureau of Land Management is a agent, government agency that controls federal land. And federal land is not allowed to be developed on by private citizens, all that kind of stuff. It's government land. And a lot of it is kind of unused, um, which there's a lot of it in Nevada, which Nevada is mostly desert. It's not really that great, That which is why the government has it as federal land so much because it's not super valuable. But there's still people there who want it and they don't respect the federal government for having it. And they think that they should just be able to do whatever they want with it. And this was what was motivating the Bundys and the, the standoff. And they had like cattle, like grazing on the stuff, which you're not supposed to do. And they were using a lot of like sovereign citizen, uh, rhetoric and like just straight up like Nazi shit. And only one guy died in this confrontation with the federal government. And I think that that was extremely merciful. Uh, you, you can't, deal with these people you cannot let these people stand up to the government that happened in 2014 and uh you, you gotta say nazis only got worse since then and it's going to be a bigger problem in the rest of the country as uh the the country gets more divided the nationalists get more um energized and uh and you saw it in january 6th right they went and took the, tried to take the capital and really getting scary rhetoric going up in here. And I'm sure in 2024, uh, it's gonna, gonna get worse. Anyways, back to Fargo. This, this show is basically covering what was similar to the Bundy standoff. And, uh, God, it's, it's so fucking good. And, and the main character is the girl who was his ex-wife. And she went off somewhere, uh, changed her name, started a new life, and then he found her again. And that's how the whole show starts up. And she was seriously abused by this dude, like physically abused, every every kind of abuse against her. And every episode ends with a domestic abuse hotline number to call. It's a, uh, it's pretty cool. And the, the girl in this, she's, she's nuts. Like she, she is a uh, hardcore and she's like M female MacGyver, like always figures out how to get out of whatever jam she's in. And she's brutal. Like she will kill people like in brutal ways if she needs to. And there, there's a scene at the end uh, of the last episode where uh, the, the Welsh dude, uh, he, he gets her out of a jam, which he had been hunting her earlier in the show. So she was like, thought he was gonna try to kill her. And, and he, 
says uh, the tiger in a trap. It's not a fair fight. And then he lets her out. And then he hands her a gun and says, now the tiger is free. And the song starts playing and he walks off into the smoke. And she's just there holding the gun. And I swear to God, that was like the coolest scene I've ever seen in anything. And I cannot wait for the last episode coming out on Wednesday. It, I, I need to see John Hamm killed. I, I want to see the FBI torch all these Nazis. I'm sure a lot of the FBI people are going to die too. But, you know, that's what they're there for. That's their job. Anti, uh, Anti-Nazi. You, you got to do it to them. I've been uh, playing a lot of Baldur's Gate 3 lately. I know I'm super late to this. I'm a, I'm a patient gamer. I wait for games to go down in price or for everyone to be done talking about them before I actually take it and start doing stuff. But Baldur's Gate is pretty fun. It's pretty freeform in what you can do. It's like a classical RPG where you can take a lot of different routes on how you do stuff you can you can be evil you can be sneaky you can be dumb you can all that kind of stuff I think it it, it's a pretty fun storytelling game I've been I I've been banging this one chick she's a Githyaki she she's like a alien like a space alien basically on earth who her one goal is to conquer earth right but we're on the same team because we both have a tadpole in our brains that we need to get out from the mind flayers as i'm sure you would know if you played (laughs) Baldur's gate 3 um but yeah githyaki ass is is pretty hot kind of scary but I'm into it. The game is... Uh, a lot of times I'll do things that I don't really understand the consequences of. Like I got this uh, scroll of speaking to animals. To where I could just talk to any animal. And I came across this dog and a dead guy on the road. And the guy is very obviously dead his blood is all over the ground body's cold and the dog is sitting there barking at me he's defending his friend and i talk to the dog and i tell him hey no the dog tells me that his friend needs to sleep his friend needs to rest and i'm like oh dog so i tell him hey your friend's dead. I don't think you need to guard him anymore. And the dog like gets mad at me. And he's like, no, he's not. No, uh. So then uh, I choose the option to yell at the dead body to prove that the, the guy's dead and that the dog, and then the dog takes that as aggression towards him and then attacks me. And then I knock the dog out and it pissed everybody off in my party. And then I just had to restart and go back and play the last hour because I couldn't handle the consequences of knocking the dog out. So yeah, there's a lot of like ways you can be evil in this game and I can't do it. I I just can't be a bad guy. It's really difficult for me. 
Like there's this one girl. So I'm a drow. I play a drow, which is like a dark elf. We live underground. We're apparently evil. Uh, everybody hates us, but I can't lean into the evilness. I find this other drow girl who is really hot. All right. And I want to smash and she will join my party, but I have to genocide a group of, uh, tieflings which are like demon people they're they're not like real they're like red people okay and i don't want to genocide the people so there's no way i can get her on my team so instead i just knock her out and uh take all of her stuff and apparently i'll see her later in the game and she'll be wearing whatever it is that she was wearing when i knocked her out which is nothing because i've taken all of her stuff so at least I'll get to see her naked. Um, <laughs> but she'll never join my party because I refused to genocide uh, these people. So yeah, like I said, I'm such a good person. <laughs> okay, so uh, that's it for the podcast this week. I hope you have a good week coming up. And uh, yeah, uh, thank you for listening. And I hope, tune in. I hope you tune in next week. Goodbye. <laughs>